Hey, David. Hello there. Hello there. You know, I was thinking about it this week, and I was like, what would possibly be the worst day to have a holiday? And it's definitely on the weekends, right? Because you don't, you get cheated out of your long weekend. You don't get the Friday off. You don't get the Monday off. You just get like, hey, holiday Saturday. Cool. Well, some places get the Monday or place. the Friday off. I mean, if you don't work in a, a retail establishment or in a business where they're not open every day of the week. Right? Like yeah. my my work, we're not open on the weekends. It's still so. shitty to have a holiday Saturday. I mean, like I know we I, just I had totally Christmas agree. on was it a Saturday or Sunday or something? But I think Christmas was on Sunday or something like that. It is, it's true. Like and most and most holidays or most public holidays in Canada actually are on a Friday or a Monday, but it's the ones that like fall on a specific day number. Yeah. Is the ones that mix up quite a bit. So Canada Day is the next uh, good ones in two years. Why is that? It's on oh it's on, on Monday. Monday. So Canada Day is on a Saturday. So for all the suckers that have to work in uh <laughs> retail or on a business that is open Monday to Monday to Monday. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, Independence Day is a Tuesday this year. What are you guys oh, just yeah. taking a five day weekend? Might as well take the whole week off. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like they they take the the Monday off there. Why Would not? Would this be like the most unproductive week? Like I know this happens to like for people celebrating Canada Day too, right? It's like if Canada Day is on a Tuesday or a Thursday, <laughs> your whole week's shot. Yeah, yeah. you got to get up to the cottage on the Wednesday, or you're coming home on the Wednesday. That's true. It's too much. You know what, though, is not going to be completely shot. What's that? This episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Sean and David cooking up another sweet, sweet podcast for all of you. David, how are you? Sizzling? (laughs) Sizzling like your your five-hour rib expedition? You know, you can't can't rush perfection. And also, you can't rush the first time you are trying to figure something out either. (laughs) Yes and no. I figured out how to make a pasta just tonight, and it was fine. I made the sauce from scratch. Yeah, it was cool. That's the easy. So you took like tomatoes and you mashed them up and then, you know, did that or you we, opened up a can of nope. pasta tomato we, sauce. We diced red peppers. We diced tom- tomatoes, garlic, a bunch of spices. Um, and then we cooked it till it was nice and soft, put it in a um, like a blender, added some cream cheese and some pasta water, blended it all together and mixed it in with our pasta. And it was delicious. Well, you know what uh, you're not going to have to put in the blender and mix it with some pasta water. I'm 
swear to God, if you say this episode, of the <laughs> that was a great segue. No, you can't do like smoking meat is a, uh, is a long drawn out process. Yeah. If you have the right tool, it doesn't take that long at all, but no, well, you use your take... barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Well, many people smoke on their barbecue. You could have okay. had better success with your, your flat top. Your you can't stone. smoke on a, on a griddle. Yeah, I know, especially, but you also... Especially beef back ribs. Come on, man. Guys, I'm mad at David. This is yeah, what I happened know. again. It <laughs> happened a second time. David goes, I'm like, hey, man, do you want to play something tonight? After the day before, we made plans, and we were like, hey, we're going to stream for our wonderful listeners. And then David's like, oh, I can't stream. Alcohol and cards got involved. The guy was playing like <laughs> Uno. That's not even a real game. It is so, when you're winning. So... This happens, and I'm like, oh, fuck David, right? And then the next day comes around. I'm like, oh, hey, man, do you want to play a game? And you're like, he's like, yeah, sure. After dinner, I was like, oh, how long is that going to be? He's like, I don't know, like two hours? And like he was like adamant it was going to be two hours. And then at the two, actually, it was a little after the two-hour mark because I was like busy. I was like, I'm going to write some trivia until he's done, all this stuff. And David's like, yeah, we're just sitting down to eat now. And then I never heard from him for the rest of the night. I mean so- – you could have messaged me if like you were if you were that that adamant. Like I was somewhat in a food coma a little bit. It was that was a lot of meat that I had no, to I, eat. I just I moved on. I've I've definitely <laughs> I, I've now got other friends I can game with apparently that aren't you. Oh. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. why don't you uh why don't you just record this episode of Scene on Screen podcast with them? I would. They would show yeah. up on time when I sent the link. <laughs> it was on time. Ish. Anyways, so yeah, David uh, hates me now. That's what's happening. Not really, but uh, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> now, for what I was going to say to you, you were going to tell me what you did this weekend that wasn't smoking meat. Oh, I went to a dog show. Have you ever been to a dog show? Uh, yeah, a few actually. Really? Yeah, was it like the dude when uh, when where we grew up in like the Sobble area? That's all that there was to do. Like, there'd be like these dog show events in Owen sound where you'd go and you'd hang out and watch the dogs like walk through the little thing. There'd be like an agility thing. Oh, you mean like the agility dog shows? I'm talking like, this was like the dog show where they like walk them around. They, and they analyze how they walk and they look at their butt and all that stuff. They look at their teeth. Yeah. All that stuff. They're like, wow, look at that dog's butt. It is so <laughs> butt. Oh, Becky, Becky, look at that. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, a buddy of mine, who is uh, really into dog shows, um, I guess, decided one day to register for one in Kiwaitan, which is uh, it's, it's adjacent to Kenora. Like Kenora and Kiwaitan are pretty much the same thing. For those who uh, are listening to the podcast, it's another place that doesn't exist for people other than Santa's elves. <laughs> Go on. Um, yeah, you can only actually find it if uh, the temperatures are below a certain degree. And you have a sleigh. It's a full moon. Yeah, all that stuff. So, Anyway, so he decided to leave from southwestern Ontario, from like London, St. Thomas area on, I believe, Thursday night at like 7 p.m. or something like that, and then drive nonstop to Kenora. And he got there Friday at like 2 p.m. Like that is some dedication for a dog show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went. Uh, I took some of my uh, new some some of my buddies that were here to. uh just check it out because she who shall not be named did not want to go see a dog show. Uh, it was weird. You know, dog people are uh, interesting. 
It was really yeah. weird because you guys were getting drunk while you were sitting there. Well, <laughs> they, did have, they did have a table full of wine. <laughs> so oh, classy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we watched a bunch of different sized dogs walk around a, a circle and then, and then, uh, yeah, went home and got drunk and played Uno. Nice. Well, at least you had a good time. Me, on the other hand, I didn't. I waited like a sad puppy watching out a window in rain for my friend David. Well, it was raining here, too. Yeah. Sad puppy in rain. That yeah. was me. Yeah. No, but I, uh, uh, Speaking of rain, though, and long weekends, uh, there's a, a, a fire ban in all of Ontario. Yeah, Are they... that's because outside smells like campfire right now. Yeah. yeah. So have they canceled fireworks for Canada Day there? Uh, can't, uh, fireworks were already canceled for May 2-4, so I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's rare. I actually have the long weekend off. Oh, maybe we could play some games online. Stream something for our listeners. Yeah, I'll let you know when dinner's done. <laughs> I mean, like the 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 Saturday, I'm, I'm going to be busy, but hey, I got Sunday, Monday off. Yeah, I'm working on Monday. Oh, oh yeah. But but th- that's neither here nor there. We might get something done for you guys. Who knows? Maybe Friday. Definitely not Saturday. And probably not <laughs> yeah. Sunday. So there's um, a... But hold on. I'm not done about the fire ban because this is frustrating. Oh so there's God. a fire ban up here. We've had rain for the last like week straight. But there there's no change in the the rules for for fires, right? So I was just looking online trying to find out kind of the details on like fire bands and stuff like that and 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 how it's decided and did you know do you know the fine for having a fire when there's a fire ban no probably 100k $25,000 is like the minimum fine man growing up like where my neighborhood, like in Guelph, you weren't allowed to have like we it's a non open fire area because like we live in like the old university area. There was no fire pits allowed, all that stuff. OK, my neighbor, I shit you not, used to have an old barbecue wide open where he would burn sticks. <laughs> nice. And he'd be like, it wasn't an open fire. He was just burning twigs and the fire department would show up all the time. It was just black smoke bellowing out of this barbecue. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, well, I found I also discovered that apparently like campgrounds still are permitted to have like people are still permitted to have campfires in campgrounds even during a, f- a total fire ban. That's interesting because I didn't like I know Ontario Parks doesn't adhere to that policy. They just say no fires and camping is like, but like, how are you supposed to stay warm? That's really weird. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's strange and unique, but uh, I'm kind of bummed because, uh, you know, as much as you don't believe that Kenora exists, um, the Canada fireworks are pretty cool because they do it right over the lake. So you get that like mirror they have ray tracing turned on for fireworks oh, nice. so the <laughs> so, game glitches at 60 yeah. frames per second. yeah yeah it drops down to 30 frames but you see like the fireworks in the sky and then the cool reflection along the water it's always it's, it's super cool so i'm kind of disappointed yeah. that we won't get any of that this year but oh. but but david you're in luck do you know why why is because that? because you still get the the simulated feeling of a campfire see like some people like to go to home depot and just walk in and take a big deep breath and they just smell the hickory, the pine, the cherry, the power at tools. Home, 
the flowers. They smell all the <laughs> the flowers. Okay. You have to drive two. You have to drive two hours or two hundred kilometers to get that experience. Yes, that's true. So, all I have to do is step outside and I smell campfire. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's just there. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It, we had a, we had a smoky, smoggy day earlier this week, but it only really lasted like two days, and then it kind of went away. So there are a bunch of like fires like up northern Ontario, kind of like east of of where we are like even further north so sometimes like it, i guess depend on obviously weather patterns they'll show up in town but for the most part we've been pretty clear so i, I don't remember it ever so being that like bad that. like i don't remember it being this bad in a long long time yeah i mean like in my total experience of living living down there in the many many years of my life uh we've never really had any anything crazy like that you would like where you lived, there was just like tons of wild snowstorms. Yeah. But yeah. So um did you actually play anything aside from Uno this weekend? I um, didn't because my friend didn't come on. The <laughs> I, I played actually I dabbled in a few things this week. I played a few things too, believe it. What or did not. you what did you play? Uh I played the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Ah, my my friend was telling me I should play that, and then I was like, "But it's Final Fantasy 16." And then he's like, "I bought it." And then I was like, "Oh, that's not a PlayStation exclusive; <laughs> it's an Xbox exclusive." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Listen to our last episode." <laughs> it is a PlayStation exclusive. I know that's the joke. Oh, okay, gotcha. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I played that one, and hey, you know what? You might like it, but it still has like the classic, like I don't know some of those anime tropes, but I mean, the demos try the demo. The story is pretty gripping to begin with. Like already it's pretty intense. Uh, played that. And then I loaded up ratchet and clank, uh, rift apart. Again, hey, I did that was... the other day too. And, uh, I, you know, I, like, I always forget how fun the ratchet and clank games are just going around and smashing the crates and collecting bolts. Yeah. But yeah, I feel that. I I, just, I played those two. Games. I I, uh, I started playing Super Mario RPG. Oh yeah, because you were excited from the Nintendo Direct, and you're like, I don't want to wait for the remake. I'm going to play this one. You know what? Kinda. I was just like, you know what? If I'm ever going to try and beat it, now's the time. And that was kind of it. Just decision making. <laughs> so I'm what are your spend- what are your thoughts on it? I forgot. I think I realized when I was younger how hard it was. Because it's not really run, hard. But you run into people and they just like they kill you. If you run out of mushrooms, you're dead, right? That's true. But I, like if you try and rush through, that hammer brother will kill you right away. Oh, yeah. It's an RPG. Enough. You got to level up. You got to grind. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm on like the second or third island. I'm in like the Mushroom Kingdom right now. Right. Yeah. It's It's a fun and interesting game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's it's not bad. I mean, I'll like I'm that. I'm kind of on the fence on if I want to play the original or if I want to wait for the remake. Uh, like I mean, I've played. I haven't beaten the game ever, but I played the original enough, many enough times. Like I've started it over multiple times, and I remember playing it a lot as a kid. Um, that I think. I have too much of a memory of the game to be able to play it again in its original state. I think you're, if I were to watch how far you got, uh, I think th- there's like a ghost pirate ship type thing that you're on. 
I, I don't remember getting that far. Yeah, something like that. So, um, I feel like if I if I'm going to play the game again, um, even though I'm going to know like the story and most most of what goes on, playing it in like the remastered graphics might, you know, bring a little bit of, I guess, newness to the experience. Yeah, right. Like same, same, but different. Um, but still stays in it. Like honestly, I think it's kind of cool that they're they're doing it. But I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, if if David gave me a crisp hundred dollar bill, I still wouldn't be able to buy a Switch game. But if David gave me a crisp hundred dollar bill and I got to go to the store and I got to buy one Switch game from the last presentation, what would it be? And I hemmed and hawed and I went back and forth and I was like, you know what? It would be Super Mario Brothers Wonder because at least I'm getting a brand new story. That's fair. But like leaving that presentation, there was still no 3D Donkey Kong. (laughs) I think it'll be a while before you get uh, a Donkey Kong, a a new 3D Donkey Kong. Yeah, I will no longer be gaming because it's never going to happen. Well, I think the big thing is that uh, I'm pretty sure Rare still owns the license or the uh, publishing rights or whatever for, or sorry, the, uh, yeah, I guess it would be the IP for uh, the 3D Donkey Kong. I don't know. I'm sure something like that's got got some sort of uh, legalities in there, but. You you know what I'm. The thing with Nintendo though, is that they have stuff, so much stuff in development that they don't announce things until they're like, ready to release unless it's a Pokemon game because everybody thinks like the next the next um, Arceus is coming out but it'll be like Pokemon Legends Celebi yeah I believe is what the next one is what was the last time that Nintendo announced a game that was announced too early and then it caused problems for them (laughs) it's either going to be Metroid um which is still never going to come out. Yeah. And, and that's Breath of the Wild. Uh, not Breath Breath of, Tears Bre- of the Kingdom. Sorry, because was, wasn't it delayed? I don't know if it was delayed, but I think Tears of the Kingdom, it was far enough going that they uh, they just announced, like teased it, but like they knew that it was coming. With Metroid Prime 4, they announced that it was in development and then it was delayed and delayed and then they ended up having to restructure the studio or something like that and, and restarting development from this from scratch. So if you remember, they released like an apology video. Right? Yeah, because um, what's his face was like, this game is shit. Yeah. And then uh, being like, we're sorry we announced it and you guys are gonna have to wait longer. So I think Nintendo really learned from that, because if you think about it, all of the games that they announce either are coming out this year or early next year, like probably within a six month time period or or maybe eight months at most. Right. So they could very well be working on a 3d donkey Kong adventure game. And we won't know until a few months before release. Uh, Like they announced Pikmin four, I think at the last uh, major direct. Yeah. That was a year ago. Um, but so we got more information of that. But then what else did they give us this time? They gave us remasters of Pikmin one and two. 
right? Like, and there was no hints of that. Those were just kind of like dropped on us. So Nintendo's got a lot of stuff that they're working on. That, but that's kind of like also like there was no hint whatsoever that the three Batman games were coming to Nintendo. Exactly. Right. And you would think that we would have heard something like some rumors or some leak or that like that because it's not a first party Nintendo game. But, but I mean, no. that's what makes that makes what makes the directs. I think the Nintendo directs so kind of enjoyable because unless it's a specific direct, like say like they do like their Pokemon directs or this smash bros direct that they would do where it's like okay it's going to be you know 45 minutes of just pokemon or super smash bros or whatever it may be these ones where they're announcing stuff there is like almost guaranteed two or three things that they announce that people are just like oh my god i did not expect this at all true right which makes it enjoyable i think that's what part of the excitement of watching the Nintendo directs because like the Sony ones that we watched, they had a few like announcements, but most of the stuff was cross platform and we had already heard about them. The Microsoft one again had some like some new things, but it wasn't anything like that was like mind blowing that like we wouldn't expect anything of right. Um, Nintendo's just consistently always being like, Oh yeah, by the way, here's this thing that you guys all love. And we've just remastered it. Yeah, it was money. But but that that's for another conversation. Let's let's get to the depressing thing, David. Which one? There's more than one. <laughs> well, oh. look, I, I think I think we do have to talk a little bit about um, Bethesda and Microsoft. Uh, but I want to I want to talk about something else really quickly first now uh we had a eagle-eyed watcher and listener who follows our instagram be like hey why do you guys keep posting coronation street board games <laughs> well if you go back and listen to episode 123 <laughs> <laughs> so long story short david and i were on an adventure and we went into a liquidator in scarborough i believe something like that yeah and we found, we were walking around, and it was like, there was a whole box, like a big flat It was a skid. Box. It was literally, you uh, know, cord- it was like, you know, like the old bargain bin things from, from Walmart, like how it's just like an endless pit of stuff, but it's like the size of a skid. That's what it was. So the two things we saw while we were in this store was A, a big old box of DVD copies of the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh no, no Blu-ray copies. Oh, they were Blu-ray. Yeah. They were the Blu-ray copies of the, not even the good version, like not even the Swedish version, the uh, Daniel Craig American remake. Yeah. (laughs) So there was that. And then on top of that, just, just beside, we saw the most magnificent thing in the world, a full palette of the coronation street board game in all its glory and its metal containers. And it was like $4 a game or something, not overly expensive, all brand new, but they existed. I bet you to this day that liquidator still has them. Oh yeah, for sure. Every time David and I have gone into a thrift store, we've found it and we're like, wow, this could be kind of funny if we just keep sending the picture to each other. Then we started posting it on Instagram and we've had a few listeners like send us, pictures of it like via dm or whatever if you find it tag us in it 
it's fun. We find it so funny. Put it in your story. We will shout you out. It's the like David and I go into thrift stores to see if we can find board games that have just been tossed to the side. Yeah. Right. We're not expecting to find like triple A titles. I sometimes you find Kickstarters. Um, I found one. I think it was called like Sprinkles the Kitty or something the other day. Mm-hmm. It, it it looked kind of cool. You just had to like build a cat out of a, a tunnel, but it was definitely missing cards. So I said no. But I found um, the Kickstarter Santa versus Jesus, um, the the holiday board game that tests your boundaries, and I paid four dollars for it, and I found it on eBay for like sixty. So like you never really know what you're going to find when you're thrifting. And that goes for a lot of people because some people will like go in, buy toys and then flip them right away. People make Mm -hmm. TikTok accounts, Instagram accounts. People make Amazon storefronts based off flipping, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, funny thing. Tell me how much you think the Coronation Street DVD trivia game is selling for on Amazon right now. Is it new or slightly used? Uh, my guess is that it's new. Fourteen ninety nine. Very close. Fifteen ninety nine. Now there is a Etsy seller <laughs> who's selling custom pieces of three D prints for the inside <laughs> of the box. No, that's just selling the game, brand new, sealed in a metal tin, for a whopping fifty dollars. Like it's crazy. That's it's crazy. But you know what's funny? So when when I go to Winnipeg. And we go to the thrift stores and whatnot. I really just go in for one reason, and that's to find the Coronation Street board game. And remember the last time that uh, you went to a thrift store and you found two copies of it? Yeah, it was a double win. And that one, I also found something that I had been searching for for a long, long time. I found a copy of Friends Seen It. The like the um, I think it's called like the ultimate edition or something. It's the mm-hmm. one in the big metal container. Um, you get two DVDs where the trivia stuff six ninety nine, and it's like a hundred dollar game. Yeah. So you found two copies of Coronation Street, the board game, and the last thrift store that the last two thrift stores that I went to in uh, Winnipeg didn't even have single copies of the Coronation board game. So. Uh, I think the fact that you found two in one store, it created a rift in the Coronation Street board game universe timeline that create caused uh, the stores that I was going to to not have them. So um, if I see any of those, uh, like if there's ever an abundance or, hey, if we go back to that uh, liquidation store when I'm when I'm uh, down visiting in uh, in August, I might have to pick up a few copies just so that I can donate them to, <laughs> to those thrift stores so that they have it on their shelves. Because otherwise, uh, I feel like the the threads of the universe are going to start falling apart. Yeah, I agree. Hey, I just did a quick Google. Apparently, the CNET game that I found has plummeted in price. So I can get it for like after shipping and handling like $50. That's a pretty good price for what you... Uh... I got it for, got it for six. So mm-hmm. like, it didn't really matter. Exactly. But like, it's been something that like, we've never really been able to justify the price on, but we've just wanted it. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know friends is beyond the time, but friends is still something that like we enjoyed growing up. Right. 
Or, I never liked Friends, so we I did. I can't tell you. <laughs> not not David, but um, when you go thrifting or when you go looking for games on your game adventures, and you're not going to a real game store, what do you what do you what are you looking for? What's catching your eye? I mean, like if I'm going to a thrift store. And I'm just going to browse, right? So, like, I'll go through each section and just look for things that are unique, uh, that stand out, that are different than what you normally see, right? Because sure. there's every thrift store has the same things, right? You you go through the the glassware section, and there's always like the boot glass. There's always a bunch of mugs from different cities. There's always an abundance of random, tiny, different shot glasses. <laughs> There's uh, a section of my mom had that. Yeah. Uh, you go past the DVDs and there's always like, uh, who was who that? Uh, that fitness person like Jillian Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. There's all like the Jillian Michaels DVDs, right? Like, so everything has that stuff. So when you're going, when I'm going along like the board game section or like board games and puzzles, I usually look for something that isn't standard for uh, a thrift store. Yeah. Something and, that looks different. Yeah. And, and either it's like a really old box, like a really old game. Cause some of those like really vintage games uh, are one really hard to find, but two actually pretty darn good. And uh, I know that uh, one of our past, I don't know, Owen, our past Owens, <laughs> uh, he's had some pretty good luck finding uh, some pretty like interesting rare vintage games um, because people will just donate, especially like if it's like, say like an estate, right? Like someone's passed away and they're clearing out their house or hell, you're just clearing out your attic. People look at stuff thinking, Oh, I'm not going to play this or whatever. This is just an old dusty game. They donate it. And then it takes someone who's kind of got a keen eye for that stuff to, who wants to stop and take a moment and be like, I'm going to check this out. Remember when we went to that uh, vintage, like, what is it? Uh, yeah, I want to go back there. We're going to go in August. Yeah. So there's this store that we went. Well, not even a store. It's like a flea market kind of like antique place. And where was that? Woodstock? Yeah. And so we looked through a bunch of stuff. And you're just like, there's so much stuff to look at. And then there's something that caught my eye. And uh, it was a Star Wars board game. But it wasn't any Star Wars board game. It was like Star Wars uh, Battle... I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what it's called. I have it in the other room. but It uh, was so rare that David doesn't even remember the name. <laughs> uh, I had to look it up. But I, I still in the wrapping... Um, oh, it's Epic Duels. Star Wars Epic Duels board game. That what it was, that's what it was. Um, let me see what the average price is right now. Um, on Board Game Geek, let's see. It's averaging on eBay, eighty-five listings, two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, good for you. Um, that was a one-of-a-kind antique mall in Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. So I paid like fifty bucks for it, and I'm not, and I'm not planning on getting rid of the game because I love those like those old Star Wars like uh, prequel era board games you know like games that came out in like 1999 to 2005 those stuff is pretty cool um i actually had a star wars uh that it's like a, a duel game so it's like a card game 
and you had what was it? Uh, it had Obi Wan or Qui Gon Jinn and Darth Maul, or Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul, and you played these cards, and pretty much you were trying to move each character up uh, a path or track to the other side, right? And and I had this game. It was it's not super expensive, but it is one of those games that came out like when Star Wars Episode One came out, so it was like pretty hard to find. And I remember when I was packing up my stuff to move up to the Great North Pole, um, I had a bunch of stuff in our shed, and just like old old boxes of stuff. And I found a whole bunch of stuff that I had totally forgot about, like stuff for my Dreamcast and like old like stuff for like PlayStation, my PlayStation Two and whatnot, and some old games, uh, like board game stuff. But unfortunately, it turned into a mouse nest. So they didn't you know, make it. No, like the game, the, the cards themselves of this game were like pretty good, but like they, you could tell that like they smelled like, like mildew pee. Right. And yeah. I was like, okay, maybe like they'll air out and stuff like that. But I, I did some research online and people were like, you know, I honestly, like you could probably, you can get pretty sick, like just having that stuff around, like there's no saving them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I look for things like that, like things from my childhood, right? But also things that are unique and that stand out that, hey, you know what? If we want to flip them, why not? I remember when we went to that one uh, toy store and we found those uh, Star Wars uh, piggy banks. Yep. And, and you they flipped were them. Up, they were taking up so much space. So the guy just wanted to get rid of them. So I bought three of these for what, like 25 bucks? I think it was uh, 10, 10, and 15 maybe something like that yeah it's pretty cheap and then i uh, flipped them for like 300 dollars. yeah i mean they're probably still sitting on a shelf somewhere i'd be interested (laughs) to find out but um yeah i always find it curious like i know when i go in i i literally just try and take a quick scan around the store i don't i don't do a lot of digging in the clothes area well that's the best area to dig in i'll I'll check some of the, (laughs) the back areas where it's like Maybe some idiot left a tool behind or mm-hmm. somebody donated something that like I donated a TV there and I don't even think it was I don't even think it made it. The one problem with things like Value Village versus like your Talises, your Goodwills, your um, I'm trying to think of another brand of thrift store is like Value Village things don't make it out on the floor all the time. No, I mean, if I were if if either of us worked at Value Village or anything like that, guaranteed, if something cool came in, we would be putting it aside for ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> it's sick. <laughs> we're sick. We're, people. we're sick. horrible people. Yeah. Speaking but, of horrible uh, people. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Sony and Microsoft one more time because, like, why not? It's funny so- because, like, we. <laughs> I think every week we'd be like, okay, this is the last time we're going to talk about this. And then, and then so much news drops. Something Here. else happens. Do you, do you want something better? Before so that, um, the directors of the God of War, uh, God of War TV series are strongly considering Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play Kratos. Uh, yeah, I heard that. But then I also remember, uh, I don't know, it was recently on Reddit somewhere that uh, someone had... In, in the project said that like they denied it. So I don't know if this is like legitimate or if they were just trying to cover it up because they got a lot of uh, negative feedback or whatnot. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? 
stop trying to sell things with The Rock. Please stop trying to sell things with The Rock. That's my yeah, thought. They're selling this to the wrong audience. Who's the people? Who are the people that like the movies with the rock in them? Mom, like, I like mom, gr- mom groups and like young teenagers, you know, like the people who like seeing those like campy kind of family movies with some action R- and then wrestling fans like them. Wrestling fans. Yeah. Sorry. Wrestling. Fans. Wrestling. I don't um, know. I like I couldn't see the rock being a, a good Kratos. I just don't think he can grow a beard that makes it worth it. If if they did, it would be a weird looking beard. It's like a prepubescent boy that has that like little kind of like the few hairs. <laughs> I've deleted this shit enough. Let's just do this. I'm just peeling the bandaid off. So this week, the FTC hearings happened and Bethesda's boss was summoned by the FTC um, to, to talk about all things. Microsoft explained why Starfield was an Xbox exclusive and then some news broke. And uh, my favorite one was Phil Spencer confirmed that Sony paid for Final Fantasy to skip the Xbox Series X and S. And we were just like, yeah, (laughs) we assumed that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just got worse. Sony just decided instead of using a shovel, they were going to use a bigger shovel like a backhoe and just kept digging themselves into this hole. Jim Ryan admitted to paying for a bunch of stuff to keep it away from Xbox. There was emails leaked saying Xbox was trying to buy Sony stuff out of business. Holy, holy Hannah. What are we going to do? Where, where, where are we at David? Because like at the end of the day for me, I think now not only does this Xbox acquisition of Activision go through, but Microsoft without warning is going to pull the IP from PlayStation. It's just going to be like, Nope, you want modern warfare five too bad. It's not yours. Yeah. I mean, as, as a form of, uh, I don't know, retaliation maybe to, to Sony. If this all goes through, I could see that that would be an easy, an easy thing for Microsoft to do. Right. But at the same time, if they were to do something like that, it would paint Microsoft as the villain because think about it. They spent all this time saying we're committed to releasing, you know, Activision Blizzard games on PlayStation. We're committed to releasing Call of Duty on there. Uh, And if they go around and then start pulling games from them, just because they're like, you know what? They were being mean to us. They said mean things like it just kind of, it would affect the trust that I think just people and other companies have in Microsoft. But if you've been following, nobody has trust in Sony anymore. Well, no, but the thing is, is companies still do business with them. Like they, uh, we, we know that they paid, for Final Fantasy 16 to be a Sony exclusive. Mm-hmm, that's right? true. Uh, we know that. But at the same time, nobody's really getting up in arms about it, right? Like Sony fans are loving that they only get Final Fantasy 16, right? Yeah. Uh, but if it was the other way around, if Microsoft paid for 
Final Fantasy 16 exclusive rights on the Xbox, you would have the entire Sony fan base kind of ripping on it. It's it's uh what is it it's hypocrisy in or hip, hypocrisy <laughs> uh in the finest, right? Like as much as we like to think the console wars don't really matter anymore. Like we're adults, right? Like why is it such a big thing? There's still a lot of people who are, you know, the same age of us that are still just obsessed with the, with the Microsoft versus Sony bullshit. Um, let me, uh, I actually saw something recently on, on Facebook here. Was it good? Well, it was, again, it was like supporting, it was, Okay, so there is a post. Uh, some uh, okay, this is so funny. Uh, there were some talks of, um, I think some miscommunication that Starfield was only being released in a digital format. Um, I know we had privately sent some messages uh, earlier in the week about some of this news that had come out, and um, it was later confirmed that. Uh, the standard edition of Starfield, like the physical edition came with a disc, but the deluxe and all that stuff comes with the uh, digital copies of it, which is not uncommon. It's not the first time that's happened. So uh, one of our favorite uh, local DC universe fans uh, posted uh, an article, the comment saying Starfield update pushes Xbox fans to the ranking point. (laughs) And the comment was, this is garbage. I don't understand the point of this nowadays. I can't believe they get away with this, but the game is on Game Pass Day 1, so who's buying it, man? Microsoft kills me on their train of thought. You lost the console wars a long time ago, but this is like rubbing salt on a wound. Okay, first off, when you rub salt on a wound, that saying is when you are the winner <laughs> yeah. and you're you're kind of just rubbing it in on the person I lost. So, well, you could say, that, yeah, like... Does, maybe in the context he's thinking like he's the open wound and Microsoft's pouring salt in him. Could be, but he, this is the same person that uh, gladly sold their Xbox because they have no games. Right. Um, I don't know. It's just, I see this all the time um, on Reddit, on Facebook, on stuff like that. Like I, I find that, Sony fanboys also highly support Nintendo. Um, but Sony fanboys also, or, or Nintendo fans either support Sony or Microsoft, not necessarily both. And like, you and I are kind of like an anomaly in that because we're just kind of in the middle of the road for most things. Um, but how many people do you find that will rip on Sony for exclusives, but then praise Microsoft for uh, like their openness and wanting and desire to have more games for more people, like with Game Pass and stuff like that, all the time. Like I, I think that's the the ideal gamer, right? Like they're they're for gaming and inclusivity, and right now that means exclusivity for some products because Microsoft needs to to roll some bank and. One of the things that came out in this trial, which was highly fascinating, was Deathloop and Redfall were supposed to be PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. 
Deathloop, as you guys know, was a one-year timed exclusive for PlayStation. And then Bethesda dropped it on Xbox. And Redfall is like Bruno. We don't talk about it. But that it wasn't exactly Arkane Austin's best game. Actually, it was awful. But that came out just on an Xbox or on Xbox as an exclusive. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters whether or not Starfield is a full exclusive or an exclusive for a year. I think what matters to PlayStation players the most right now is it's finally happened. And it's not like it's Tears of the Kingdom, right? Where neither console company can have it because that's a Nintendo exclusive. It's finally happened where the ge- there's a game so highly anticipated that PlayStation fans are just livid that they can't touch it. Mm-hmm. And they're very worried that Elder Scrolls 6 is going to do the exact same thing. Which uh, Microsoft owes Sony gamers and Sony nothing. Microsoft has a commitment to gamers as a whole. That's why eventually there's going to be cloud services that share on the Switch, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right? Call of Duty is going to be brought to the Switch. It's going to be awful, but it's going to be brought to the Switch. Activision titles, Switch. Microsoft, uh, Minecraft already exists on the Switch. So, like, Microsoft already knows their, their software will run on the Switch. Microsoft's doing nothing to, like, stop that or hinder it. The fact of the matter yeah. is, Microsoft doesn't owe anybody anything. And if I was a, a predominant PlayStation player, would I be upset that I wouldn't get star have access to Starfield? Sure. Would I consider buying a Series S to play Starfield? Yes. It's the exact same as like me wanting to play God of War or Spider-Man or The Last of Us. Yeah. I mean, like PlayStation, like hardcore PlayStation fanboys will use that argument, right? If you want to play God of War or Spider-Man, buy a PlayStation 5, right? But when it's the other way around, if you want to play Starfield, if you want to play Elder Scrolls 6 in 10 years, you know, you got to buy an Xbox. Like, there's there's no difference, right? And it's funny because uh, Nintendo gets a pass on pretty much everything. And when you think about Nintendo... They are out of Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. They have the most number of console exclusives out of all three companies. Yeah, so why is it so important now? What are we missing? I, I honestly don't know. It it makes no sense. Hon- like, honestly, can I can I be like really real with you? I I like I've thought about this for the last little bit. I really don't need my PlayStation. I don't. I've no. contemplated like getting rid of it. Oh snap! But this is the one that I delivered, hand delivered to you. Yes, you did hand deliver it to me. But so if you get rid of it, you're getting rid of a part of my love and devo- devotion to your and gaming contribution to my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time. Is it really worth having a console that I play like three or four games on? Uh, if those games are exclusive, then yes. Because here's the thing, though. You you literally just said that would you buy, if you had a PlayStation, would you buy an Xbox 
to play an exclusive game on that system? And you said yes. So it's really no different. It's just the other way around. Now you're right. But I'm, because I'm, you I'm now just annoyed. Yeah, like you primarily play on Xbox, and that's fair. Um, I would say my time divided between my Xbox and my PlayStation is about 50 50. Um, I know that I can play a lot of games on Game Pass, but there are just some games that um, either I got for really cheap on X or on PlayStation, um, or I'll also research a game beforehand and see which system it plays better on. Oh, if it's, well, if it's, then why do you, why don't you just get rid of your Xbox? <laughs> I know, right? Um, because I, I'm not too sure about what the what Modern Warfare 2 was like, but when Modern Warfare came out, um, the, the remake, it actually ran better on the PlayStation 4 than it did on the Xbox One. Um, and so for the, the the campaign, that's kind of what I cared about a little bit more, you know, like less frame drops and stuff like that. Um, there are a bunch of games that are multi-platform that run better on Xbox than run better on than they run on PlayStation. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a prime example of that, right? Both all, all three systems, Xbox, PlayStation, and on PC, had its problems, but between the two consoles, it ran consistently better on Xbox. Right? So if I had to choose, if at the time it's like the exact same game, I could play it on either system, I would buy it for the system that I know it runs better on. I I, I don't disagree. And I, I think what we're going to find in the next few weeks, because I think this trial is coming to a close fairly soon. Yeah, that's what we've been saying for the last... <laughs> Last few well, months. Now they're, they're actually like disputing the FTC. So it, it can't be that far away. I think what we're going to find is Jim Ryan is starting to dig himself into this hole that he can't get out of. Todd mm. Howard and Phil Spencer are, are battling tooth and nail to make sure that Microsoft Bethesda or Microsoft Xenomax is the, the winner of this. And like Microsoft's not going to stop here guys. Like, I think what they're going to be told is, hey, you can't acquire any more assets for X amount of years because of this acquisition. Because, like, they're... Yeah, possibly. Um, guess who tried to acquire Bungie before Sony swooped in and got it? Microsoft. Guess who tried but, to buy Sega? Microsoft. But also, Bungie was a second-party developer for Microsoft. Like, they were exclusive to making games for, for Microsoft consoles. So that makes sense that they would have tried to acquire them. So these are all the companies that they attempted to buy. Uh, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, uh, Certain Infinity, Crytek, 4A Games, Digital Extremes, for, uh, From Software, Gearbox, Hello Games, IO Interactive, Larian, People Can Fly, Remedy, Starbreeze, Techland. And then they also tried to acquire or looked into acquiring publishers 505, Focus Home, Paradox, and Sega. Could you imagine if Sanic the Hedgehog couldn't be played on PlayStation? <laughs> How pandemonious it would be. The chaos would be incredible. People would be lining up in the streets with their picket lines, waiting on Starfield's launch day, being, being, being like, bring us Sanic, bring us Sanic. We want Sanic and Knuckles. <laughs> and Knuckles. 
I mean, like, okay, I don't want people to think that we are totally 100% supporting, uh, like, you know, companies owning every other company, right? Like, monopolies it, aren't cool. Monopolies are not cool, especially the board game monopoly. But, you know, so it's a good thing that there's a lot of third party developers that are independently owned, right? Um, that they just publish on multi-platforms and they, they don't have a parent company such as Microsoft or Sony or anything like that. It keeps innovation happening. It keeps uh, variety and it, and it does allow for people to, you know, play games on multiple consoles, right? Like, cause if guaranteed, if Microsoft were to own 90% of game developers, they would, there'd be zero reason for Microsoft to release any of those games on any other console. Yeah, they right? would all be Game Pass, Pass exclusive, but Game Pass would also be $25 a month. And it would yeah. be insane. It'd be like a $300 platform. I mean, even at 25 bucks a month, that's still a, a pretty darn good value. <laughs> Dude, that's, but that's not a good value. Considering you get three months for 45, you're I'm already just, looking at a year's worth for 200 bucks. That's not good. I mean, if if the co- obviously like the three month cost would be more like, but if they were to increase the price of like twenty five bucks a month for a year, if they had ninety five percent or ninety percent of publishers on there, I mean that's still a pretty darn good good value. Yeah, well, year, you know, but, pay, but, pay for pay for Netflix in North American money. <laughs> no, no, I I will pay in my. I don't even know what country I Your pay. Your New Zealand bank, it, bank no, account. It's not even New Zealand. Oh, it's uh, Turkey. That's it. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Um, gobble, gobble. But so, so as I was saying, though, we're, we're not supporting a monopoly of game companies. But what we are supporting is opening up the options and the availability of games to multiple platforms. And when we, when, when companies purchase up stuff and you know what, Microsoft's doing it as well with, with Starfield and with Bethesda games, when companies purchase up assets just to keep it on their own platform in, in this, uh, I guess, environment with, when it comes to gaming, the only people that it really hurts are gamers because there's a lot of people that can't afford to buy an Xbox and a PlayStation. Right. But how many people do you think there are? There's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who who bought an Xbox and absolutely love Spider-Man, but can't afford to get a, a PlayStation. Right. So having the options for games to be available on more platforms is only a good thing. But when it comes to a single company owning you know, majority of game developers, that's where things get a little bit more uh, concerning. And, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't get there. Ultimately. I'd agree. And like the hardware war between the two is not even close. $38.45 million versus or million units versus 22 million units. So uh, Sony's already won. Yeah. Sony's sold way more because I think the thing is, is Sony from for the longest time has always had that positive um like 
not a positive outlook, but they've had like the, the, the consoles being in a positive light. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And Microsoft, like the Xbox has had some pretty, they've had some great, uh, great years and they've had some pretty bad ones. Right. So uh, Microsoft is always kind of fighting against their own history. Right. Where Sony just has their, their console history to, to bolster their sales and support. But um, Jim Ryan said in his pre-recorded deposition that I talked to all publishers that unanimously do not like game pass because it's value destructive said Ryan. This is a very commonly held view by publishers. He added, he had no reason to believe Activision Blizzard CEO, Bobby Kotek would put call of duty on an Xbox game pass. If Microsoft were to acquire the company. I mean, <laughs> if, if publishers universally dislike game pass, why did Sony release PlayStation plus premium and have games available on that platform? And EA started this whole thing. Let's be very clear. Yeah. With what EA origins or something like that. Yeah. I still think Sony at the end of the day is just so butthurt and mad about what happened with, um, what you call it, MLB the show and losing the exclusive license to that. That was a console selling game. Mm-hmm. No ifs, ands or buts. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, that was one game that I was always excited to pick up for on on PlayStation. Yes, and I actually went back to PlayStation for it, which I'm stupid for. Like, I'll be truthful. I don't want to give Sony any more money. I don't. I like I this is so shitty that we're like we're living in a world now where like money is already tight for so many people, so many households and Game Pass for lack of a better word is one of the most cost effective ways to get your your children access to games as a maybe maybe you're a single parent and you can't afford to buy the latest and greatest video game every single month right some kids do get it maybe maybe you're a young adult and part of your entertainment budget is Call of Duty, Battlefield, and seven other titles, plus the the Pokemon games and everything else. Game Pass has made it so everybody can afford to game. The console is a little bit cheaper, even if you buy the Series S. But $200 a year is the price of two games. Hell, even for people like you and I, who we play... Well, maybe not so much you, but more so for me, who likes to try out and play a lot of different games, right? I try a lot of stuff that drops on Game Pass. Yeah. I just because don't keep well, it on very long. Game Pass, the, the nice thing about Game Pass, though, is that their first party titles release on day one, right? So games that we would we would buy or we would have to buy or even make the decision on which one is worth purchasing. Right, because games are expensive. Like it's you're talking about uh, ninety dollars Canadian before tax, so well over a hundred dollars for for a game. And you know, we both have good jobs. We have decent income and all that stuff. But it's still like a hundred bucks. Like in the way that our economy is right now, a uh, hundred bucks will buy you like groceries for three days, <laughs> or true, or a, a video game. So 
you know, having games on Game Pass not only helps, you know, low income families that or 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 even people that are on a on a budget that like specific types of games, but it, it really just benefits everyone so that uh, especially in our economy right now, so they can afford to keep up with their hobby because the, the hobby is expensive, not as expensive as some other things. But if you are someone that has a lot of games and likes to, to play them and wants to play all the new stuff, it, it is a very expensive hobby. Yeah, 100%. I, I, like I was just scanning through the, uh, the article before we, we close it off for the day. Um, I, I love this one quote from Phil Spencer saying Microsoft doesn't have PS5 version because Sony didn't send Mojang PS5 dev kits. So it says Sony was reluctant to send development kits for the PlayStation 5 at the time. They were sending them to other developers, which put us at a disadvantage relative to other developers. I think Sony could have sent us the development kits to Microsoft just as easy as they sent them to other publishers. Sony plays these mind games even with themselves. And then they go, sorry, kids, no Minecraft dungeons for you. Yeah. Have you, when was the last time you played Minecraft? Like the base, like the classic Minecraft game. Yeah. Uh, geez. I played it with my nieces like, like two years ago. Yeah, like I'll probably jump on every now and then. My buddy and I play all the time. Like I shouldn't say all the time, but sometimes we'll be like PC gaming night, and we either jump on Discord or we just call each other on FaceTime and just hang out, chat, and play some Minecraft or some Civ or something. And it's just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now we're hopeful that we don't waste a bunch of your time next week with this topic, but if we do, it's because more news broke. Yeah, it's we want to love you. <laughs> we want to know what you guys think. Do you think the merger is going to go through? Do you think it's going to get stopped? Do you think Sony will get the upper hand? And as we asked you earlier, if you find a copy of Coronation Street in a thrift store, take a picture with it or take a picture of it on the shelf and tag us in it. We want this thing to become something. We're going to call it the Cor- uh, Coronation Street Hide and Seek. Coronation Street Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Rise. Yeah. Be one with us. But that is it for this one. For myself. Wow, wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. We want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.